Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We all have 911 situations in our lives. I just gave you a 911 response to 911 situations. When you're out there alone, Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. What about when you're in derision, you're confused, and life is not going like you thought it should? Or everything was fine until that one day that one person came in and did that one thing and said that one word. So you need a 911 response. If you don't do it, but if you picked up your phone and you pressed 911, they would say, this is 911. What is your emergency? Do you know that every time you quote Psalms 91 and 1, it's a 911 response? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall be hugged because of the Almighty. God is hugging us. His shadow covers us. He keeps us if we want to be kept. He saves us if we want to be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But you got to call on the name of the Lord. So what's your 911 emergency? I want you to consider for a moment the power of one. One deed, one deed. What's a deed? An act, an action? Well, sort of. It depends. If you got a legal background, you know what a deed is, right? It's proof of ownership. Where are you going with this? Same word, two different meanings, kind of. The Bible says, whom the Son has made free is free in... You got the papers for that? Somebody got their Bible? That's your deed. That's your deed right there. Get the deed. Somebody was telling me about lease issues that they were having. I said, read the fine print because it's in that. You see, the fine print of our lives is in this Bible. It's in the word. The issues that we face has all been spelled out in the deed. Who holds the deed to your life? Who holds the deed? Have you paid the balance in full? Have you received what's called release of lien upon deed? Or did you just pay it for yourself? No, the Lord paid. And the deed is the authority that we have in him to do. The deed is to do. So when we do deeds... They should be done based on who holds the deed. Are you following me? Why do I keep doing stuff that who got the deed? I just can't help it. I just, I find myself in situations and I just don't understand who's holding the deed. Who's got the papers on you, on me? Who has the authority to execute by seal, sign, and delivery of deed? Is it God or is it the enemy? So when we think about the power of one deed, we can also look at love. We were at a Jamaican restaurant, and every time the young man would come to the table, he said, would you like more water? I said, yes, thank you. He said, one love. <laughs> he said, one love. He kept saying, one love. Every time he said, one love. That was his thing, one love. And I really had an appreciation for it because it was sincere. But I, I think if we could get our minds focused on one love, It'll be a lot easier for us to get to where it is that we need to be. Bible says you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other one. That's not a misprint, not an accident. 
It's not just a, a snappy saying that mom and them used to say. Either you're going to love God and do his deeds, or you're going to hate God and still try to do his deeds. And that's why we keep missing it. That's why it's hard. That's why That's why there's inconsistency in us. That's why we can't seem to make it four Sundays out of a month. How many Sundays in a month? Four, primarily, right? It's hard because, because I, you know, I, I say I love God, but I don't. Because if I love God, I would do what it is that the Lord asked me to do. Not just come to church, but be the church. My priorities would be based on what I'm focused on. What I'm focused on. I know somebody who will remain nameless, but once they get their mind focused on something, they're going for it. They can knock down everything along the way. They're just going for what they're focused on. That might be you. What if you were so focused on God that you wouldn't stop until you got to him? What if you were so focused on the things of the kingdom that you didn't quit until you manifested the things of the kingdom? And that would require, what's that word? Just one change. All it requires is one change. I didn't say stop doing this, start doing that. Neither. Just one change. One change. Just one change. I was riding on a tandem bike with somebody who will also remain nameless. And we were pedaling and we were just pedaling and they stopped pedaling and they turned their body and they just threw the whole thing off. Just one change. I said, what happened? Nothing. No, what happened? What? Something happened. Just one change can make or break everything. What if you changed in the right direction? What if we were dragging you along and then suddenly you got up and started walking on a spiritual level? Is that too deep? Or can you understand what I mean when I say, perhaps if you change, everything could change? Perhaps if I change, everything can change. And so I'll end with this scripture. There was tax collectors and sinners that were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. Hmm. Sounds like some accusations, right? I mean, he's having events and having plus ones and inviting guests and stuff. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. So you got a hundred sheep and you lose one. How many do you have left? All right, let's see what it says. Does he leave the 90 and 9 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and he says, rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. Jesus says, I tell you what? Well, he didn't say it like that. He says, I tell you, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over how many sinners? Power of one. One. Over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous people who come to church on a regular basis and don't ever invite nobody. <laughs> the 99 folks who feel like it's all good in the hood. Just one. All it takes is one soul to change an entire generation. Just one. So I guess my question to you regarding this power of one thing, could you be that one? Could you possibly be that one person that would make all the difference in the world? What does it mean to access God by faith? Believing. Where does our belief even come from? What is faith? What is it? What is it? It's a substance that we can't seem to recognize visibly, but it's something that's there. 
The Bible tells us in two references, I'll give you one that simply says, to every one of us is given the measure of faith. The measure of faith. Not a measure of faith. Not my faith is more than your measure of faith. We all have the measure of faith. I even take it further. The measure that we need in order to believe or the measure that every living thing is given in order to connect access to the creator. We have capacity for it. I can't explain the capacity, but this is how we manifest it. Hebrews tells us that faith is the substance of what we hope for and the evidence of things that we cannot see. So I can't have faith without the manifestation of something saying that's what you hoped for. Hope is what you're looking for, not faith. You, we all have some faith. You wouldn't be here without faith. It's hope that you should say, Lord, my hope needs to be built on something other than what it's been built on. You see, I put my hope in somebody and they let me down. I put my hope in a system and it failed. I put my hope in earning or money and it didn't. It's not enough. Hope thou in God. So if I have hope, now my faith can manifest. Because faith is the substance of what I've hoped for and it's the evidence of what I can't see even though I'm hoping for it. And so faith and hope have to balance out. If you got all this faith, 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 that's why when we say stuff and it doesn't happen, we blaming God like he's, you know, like, God, you missed that one, God. God didn't miss nothing. What was your hope? God, I said, I'm going to have a car. I'm going to have a car by September 1st. No, you wanted a car. Now, what if you had changed that and says, you know what? I'm hoping for transportation to get me and somebody to church starting first Sunday. That's a completely different statement of hope than I'm going to get me a car. Shoot, I'm going to get me all these cars out here. It's cars. There's cars everywhere. I'm going to just get a car. Can't you just give me a car? Somebody going to give me a car. I'm going to lay hands on it. I'm going to give me a car. And that may have worked for you temporarily till that bill came in. And 26% interest rate still eating you up. The car is dead and gone and you've lived on to pay for it. Oh, they'll find you. <laughs> They'll call here looking for you. <laughs> so, so, so don't put your, don't put your hope in tangible things is what I'm saying. Our hope is in the eternal. Our hope is in the invisible. Our hope is in God. Our hope is in the thing that God has promised through his word. So if I've got faith, I've got hope, I've got love, I've got his word, I've got what I need. But each of us born on the planet has the capacity to exercise belief in something, in something. That's why there are other gods. People worship other gods because of our capacity to have faith. People believe in dice, roulette wheels. People believe in drugs. People believe in those things because we have the capacity to believe. But where's your hope? So we are really hope dealers. That's all we're trying to. We're not trying to make your faith nothing. We're trying to deal some hope. Right? Our mission is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the scripture. Despite the present day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, we believe So that's why that's in our mission statement. We get the pretense of our ability to have faith in God from what we hope for. If I'm hoping for deliverance, I've got to believe God's word. If I'm hoping for something change in my life, i got to step on faith toward what that change looks like whether I see it or not.
Is God still God in the dark? Just checking. <laughs> he was the last time I checked. <laughs> somebody, somebody real deep and like, uh-uh, he's light. He is the light. He, Jesus is the light of the world. Well, the Bible says that light shines in darkness and darkness cannot overtake it. So God is still God. Question, how do you remain hopeful when it seems as if you've lost everything that you know? You can't. If it seems like you've lost everything that you know, the Bible says he knows the way that I take. If I knew it, I guess I wouldn't need him. So I can't ever completely lose hope because if he's the author and the finisher of my faith, I'm just hoping for grace to trust him more because he knows what my tomorrow looks like. I can only deal with today. And as far as the loss is concerned, that's yesterday. Is yesterday. It seems like I've lost everything that I know. It's probably a good thing. So now we can put hope in what we've never seen God do before. Now our faith looks up. Sometimes when they're shaking and then there's this pulling away and things are tearing off of us, God is not trying to destroy us. He just wants us to die. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So it's really not going to be up to you. If we get to the bottom and there's nothing left, that's when you can really trust God. It's more difficult to trust God when you got everything you know. So sometimes we have to lose our mind to find his mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And so my words of consolation is that let's not look at what has been. Let's look at what can be. And God is able to do exceeding, abundant, above all that I can ask or think by the power that's working on the inside of me. So our hope looks to him, not on the things that we had. Because those are gone. And God knew it. Amen? Job looked at it like this. He's like, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. What was the next line? What what be the name of the Lord? Amen. Which means that he had accepted or resolved the fact that there were things that had come into his life and things that were gone from his life. But he never stopped trusting God. He says, I know in whom I believe. My Redeemer lives. You've been listening to Touched by Grace an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nation's Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the Scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, We believe there is hope.